Alright everyone, we are back. Sorry about the little delay, maybe. I don't, I don't know. When was the last time we dropped an episode? Maybe last Sunday, so mm, not yeah. that much of a delay. Anyway, uh, we are... You'll hopefully be listening to this on either May 4th, which is Tuesday, or May 5th, which is Wednesday. We're recording it on May 3rd, which is Monday, right before the Devils take on the Boston Bruins in Newark. Episode 48, the... Tyler Kennedy episode. I was talking to Chris before we went live, and I nailed it. The only devil to ever wear number 48 in team history is Mr. Tyler Kennedy. He was a long time, I think a long time penguin at one point, but that's your jersey number for you. And the duo is here as always, me and Chris. Chris and I, sorry. My uh, seventh grade English teacher would be mad at me for saying it that way. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a pretty simple episode. It's kind of like I was talking to Chris. It's kind of like in between the playoffs ain't here yet. It's kind of like the, I guess in baseball, they call it like the dog days of the, the season. Yeah, kinda, dog days of summer or something. Yeah, you're kind of just ending the season out. A lot of the playoff races are decided. So uh, a lot of young kids getting some time. We're going to go through the playoff race, how, how it's looking there. We're going to go through a little draft lottery update because from a month from May 2nd, so June 2nd is when the draft lottery is. Uh, we got game recaps from the Devils Flyer series, which the Devils did really well. Devils, three in a row, baby. Um, we got the the TBD segment. We're going to talk about a few different things, and I'll give you a little Binghamton Devils update. So that's all we got going on this episode. But... All right, current news-wise, like I said, we got a lot of debuts going on. We got Kevin Ball in the NHL. We got Alexander Holtz in the AHL, which I think we talked a little bit about last episode. Cole Caulfield made his NHL debut for the Montreal Canadiens. Chris, did you see how he scored his first goal? Uh, it was an overtime backdoor pass, right? It was an overtime game winner. Yes, it was off of a backdoor pass, I'm pretty sure, but OT game winner for Mr. Caulfield. Um, so, yeah, nice way to start his career. Quentin Byfield also made his debut for the LA Kings. Um, I'm sure we're missing some other debuts, but those are the big ones. Seattle, congratulations to them. They are officially a team. They made their last like payment installment or whatever to become a team, so they're officially recognized as a 32nd franchise in the NHL. 32 teams, I do not foresee another expansion happening like anytime soon. Like it's gonna be a long time before the league expands again if they ever do. Maybe we'll see like a relocation, but 32 is usually the tops. Mm-hmm. So uh, all right. So yeah we'll talk about the draft lottery later on because we have a segment coming up in that TBD. So I won't talk about any current news there. But Chris, any current news I missed? Uh, I mean, there wasn't. Gretzky really thinks McDavid will hit 100 points or break oh. it. Um, I think he's like on pace for like 97 or 98 or something. He's like absurd. he's close. Yeah, he's close. Gretzky thinks he'll he'll hit 100. Um, that's the biggest thing I think I saw. He's at 87 and 49. Um, 87 points, 49 games played. They play 56-game season, right? Yep. So he needs 13 points in seven games. He was averaging like a 
point a period at one point. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at his game oh, log right stretch. now. His last five games, three points, zero points, three points, four points, three points. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? Kid's unreal. Um, I So I saw a funny little article that they – that actually got thrown in our chat. It was a Toronto Maple Leafs like fan page that wrote an article that's titled right for this. If you take out the 10 games, he couldn't shoot the puck. Matthews was on pace for roughly a goal per game, which is more impressive than Gretzky's 92 goal season. <laughs> so we basically just said, if you take out the 10 games where he didn't score a goal, then like, what is that? It sounds like a Leafs fan. <laughs> yeah. And he follows it up with, but sure, let's give the NBA, MVP to a worst defensive player racked up 20 plus points versus centers. I mean, Austin Matthews plays against the centers a lot too, correct? I mean, they, they are in the North Division. They are playing the same just, teams. I don't know, man. It's not what Canadian, like, the fans of, like, the Maple Leafs, the Canadians, those two, I don't know. They just rub me the wrong way. They're just crazy. It's wild. Um, oh, what I wanted to mention AJ Greer. Making his Devils NHL debut tonight, Chris. He has 37 games played in the NHL under his belt with the Avs, but he is making his Devils debut tonight. Nine points in 10 games played in Binghamton this year. He's in the Travis Ajak, Kyle Palmieri deal. Bigger dude. He'll throw his body around. So that'll be interesting to watch. So. Hmm. Uh, all right. Any other news besides. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Gretzky saying the greatest player in the NHL is so like just how crazy Connor McDavid is. You know how like Mike Trout in baseball is like one of the better players like in a long time. It's going to go down as one of the best of all time. Yeah, I mean he, there's still people who say he's the best in the league right now. So who? But Trout, he is yeah, definitely yeah. the best yeah. in the league right now. It's not even close. But like, do you think he's the equivalent to Connor McDavid? Do you think Trout's more of like a? You know what I'm trying to do? Like compare? Yeah. The best player in the, the best league, player in one things. sport to another. Yeah. Like, do you think McDavid's going to go down as like a top five ever hockey player in history? I, I don't know, just because how wild the scoring was back in the day. I think he has the potential to, but I mean, eventually he's got to win a cup. He has to. Well, I, I mean, mean, Mike Trout probably ain't ever going to win it. I know that's <laughs> win the sad a thing. Series. That's that's the sad thing with Trout that I, I think about all the time. But um. <laughs> It's it's kind of unfair how the NHL was back in the days. Like people piling up like a hundred fifty point season, like because goaltending was atrocious. There was like no defense being played. Yeah. And this type of NHL now is a lot more defensive structured, good goaltenders. So it's hard to like. Sure, Sidney Crosby is one of the best of our generation, but compare him to all time. It's hard to compare all times to like current players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's still an argument between uh, Lemieux and Gretzky. Like people, there are people who will say to their graves that Lemieux is better than Gretzky and it's because of the time that you know Lemieux missed and stuff like that between back injuries and cancer and all this other stuff so which I mean they have a valid point you know Lemieux is close to Gretzky in a lot of stats and he missed a lot more time than Gretzky did so you know what's crazy to think about is Alexander Ovechkin. You know how we're talking about how, like, oh, yeah, like all those guys back in the day, mm-hmm. very structured defense. Alex Ovechkin, I think, is going to break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. I, I think he's going to end up doing it. I, I look at it every once in a while. Like, oh, how many goals a year is he? I think it's only, like, a 40-goal pace for the next, like, four years. I, I mean, I don't think that's crazy. I think he's going to do it. Yeah. 
No, I, I think if he keeps playing, he can. It's yeah. just he always floats out the retirement idea now. So. I, I, I think it's a whole bunch of baloney. I think he's playing until yeah. he can break it. He'll play yeah, until 44 so if he needs to. Yeah, so, I think he'll play awesome. until he breaks it. Yeah. So, all right, that nice little conversation there. We got a little sidetracked. It's all good, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. So uh, we'll move on to recaps now. Um, we're going to recap the four-game Philadelphia, Philadelphia series. Out of all the like mini-series the Devils have played this year, I feel like this was by far their most successful one. Or was there like a Boston series early in the season? I don't know if they ever played that many in a row. We just played well against Boston. I think we only lost once to Boston. Yeah, I think they Maybe collected twice, points but like in one was game. in regulation or one was in like overtime or something. Yeah. So we just played so, Boston very well this year, but anyway, uh, four game set against the Flyers. Devils went three and one, or three zero oh and one. Actually, they didn't drop a point in this four game set. Flyers are bad. I think I. Sure, I'm gonna say I think the Devils are. Yeah. Like, comparing the two teams, like, watching mm. the Devils and Flyers play, I almost want to say I think the Devils are better than the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. I know people might be like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Look at their records. The Flyers have a worse goal differential than the Devils do, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Um, you look at their underlying numbers, and the Devils all have better underlying number than the Flyers. Flyers are just a bad hockey team. And what's crazy is they're, it. like, right near the playoff bubble. <laughs> Well, I think that got they're they're donezo donezo now. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they're not going to catch anyone, but you know when you look at it, they're going to be like the 14th or like 15th pick or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, like I said, very successful game. One was the only blemish on the Devils, uh, like the four game set, and it was a brutal one. This was. Do you think this was rock bottom here? This game, you know the the where uh, the Devils are up three one with two minutes left. And they get scored on twice and losing a shootout. Think this is rock bottom the season? No, I think rock bottom was dropping all those games to Buffalo or um, having the Penguins score like six goals or seven goals in like back-to-back games. So that was okay. rock bottom for me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might might be this game because this was the tenth straight loss for the Devils, and it was just absolutely demoralizing the way it happened. Like I said, Devils were up three-one with like two minutes left. Um, the Flyers pour in two goals and then go on the win in the shootout. McLeod had appeared one goal. Wood had appeared two goal. And Zaka scored in period three. Um, this was their 10th straight loss. Shots on goal were 36-32 New Jersey. Blackwood was in that. Nathan Bastion racked up two assists. And Miles Wood had two points. But, yeah, this was a rough one. So, yeah. But, finally, in game two of the series, the Devils ended their 10-game losing streak. Do you know that this was actually on the ESPN bottom line ticker, which I was surprised. <laughs> this was the Devils' longest losing streak in 30 years. Ten games. So. I mean, yeah, I could see that. We were we were bad in the uh, late 80s. Well, yeah, we were bad until years. like we were bad until the early 90s. <laughs> so. Late 80s. Um, game two of the series, lots of goals, 10 goals combined. Hope you took the over, all you betters out there. 6-4 W for the Devils. Nico, Zajac, or uh, Zajac, Zaka, and Wood. 3-0 lead after one, or it was a 3-1 lead after one. Period two, Philly actually scored twice to tie it. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It was 3-1 after period two. Then Philly scored twice to tie it in the third, so it was 3-3. And then Connor Carrick scored that, like, absurd goal. Do you remember that one? He looked like he looked yeah, like he came down the wing. out there. Yeah, went far side. <laughs> like, sniped her on home, barring in. That's who, that's who dumb did it. Um, so he made it 4-3, but guess what? Flyers weren't done yet. Tied it again, but Mr. Yegol Sharangovich. I did it the opposite way, isn't it? Like Yegor Sharangovich. Isn't that what people usually say? I have say? no idea. People are going to do whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he taught, he put the Devils up for good. I believe that was the game winner. Yanni Kokinen had an empty netter and Devils won 6-4. Shots and goal were 30-27. to Blackwood was in net. Hughes had two assists. McLeod has two, had two assists. Zaka had a goal and assist. Carrick had a goal and assist. And Smith had two assists. Do you know who's the hero in this game? I do not, unfortunately. I think I missed this one. Maddie Tennyson was a hero oh, in this yes, game. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember we he talked about this, too. The, a game he had the save. Saving he had save. save, yep. Yes, game-saving save for Maddie T. <laughs> Fortunately for Maddie T, he got injured in this game and hasn't played since. He banged up and... Uh, he hasn't played, but yeah, he, he had a big save in this one. I know everyone ripping Matty T and how he is as a <laughs> hockey player, but you can't ignore the man had a, a save in this one. A very, big very one. big save. So that was that game. We move on to game three. Another two goal W for the New Jersey Devils. It was 5-3 in this one. Mr. Sharon Govich almost got the natural hat trick in period one. He had two goals, both on the power play in period one. And then it was 3-2 after 2. Boquist got a goal in period 2. The Flyers also scored 2. Zaka and Bratt made it 5-2. And then Philly got a garbage time goal. Shots on goal this game were 24-19 Philly. <laughs> Not a lot of shots, a lot of goals. Uh, Black was in that for the devil. Zaka had two assists again, or two points. Butcher had two assists. Mr. Severson had two assists. This was Kevin Ball's NHL debut. Kevin Ball actually did very well in this game. Um, he, he looked good, which was a bit surprising to me because watching him Binghamton this year is a bit of an adventure. I didn't like too much what I saw. Just watching him. What's good about his game is he's a very good skater for being six foot. Seven, I think he is. Yeah, six seven, six six. He's a very good skater for his size, but he was just making a lot of just like silly mistakes. I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Looked good in this one. His metrics were good. Eye test was good. That was good to see. Moving on to game four now. Last game in the set. Devils also won this one, so they took three out of four, got points in all of them. They won four one in Philly. Brett had a goal. Do you recall this one? This was just horrific goaltending by Brian Elliott. Brett, like, shot the puck and it hit off Elliott's mask and in or something stupid like that. No, I think I missed it, but this sounds like par for the course with goaltending in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was. Kulkinen had another goal. It was in the second, so it was 2-0 after 2. Nico had a shorthander. It was an absolute snipe. Nico has that like sneaky, sneaky good wrist shot when he gets into the <laughs> slot area, and we've seen it on a few occasions. If he could be more consistent with that, he he would be like a very solid goal scorer. Like like he has a shot, he's just not too consistent with it. Um, just a reminder how good of a hockey player Nico Hishier is. Mm-hmm. So we had 3-0. Yeager, Sharon Govich had another goal. This was just a brutal play. This was just the Flyers giving up on the play. Um, 
they turned it over and the puck went right to Hughes and Hughes turned around and whipped it over to Sharon Govich right in front of Elliott and Sharon Govich put it home for another goal 4-0 of course the Flyers room Mr. Blackwood shut out with a garbage time goal of their own shots and goal were 32-21 Flyers Igor had two points Hughes had two assists that was your four-game set against the Flyers. Very good hockey out of the Devils. And this was this was part of the whole COVID in the beginning of the season, right, where we got shut down. We had to reschedule these games. Um, I'm not entirely sure how the scheduling works. I do know the very last game of the season that the Devils played in Philadelphia, and I will be in attendance for that game. Oh, you brave soul. I don't wear any devil stuff when I go there. <laughs> I'm just, I watch it. It's the same thing with Mets Phillies games. Yeah. Don't wear any Mets stuff. You just stuff. go with a normal t-shirt and stuff. Yeah. When I go to the Mets game, I wore my Johan Santana Twins jersey. Kind of like throw them off the scent there. Like you got Johan Santana, but you got a Twins jersey on. So people are like, what the hell is that? Yeah, but, exactly. It's like you got a Johan yeah, fan. you got to stay neutral. You got to stay neutral. So, um, especially those Philly sports fans, you know? So. Yeah. But, Yeah. I don't know what the scheduling was like, if these were makeups or what. I do know the game in Philly is a makeup. So when I was on StubHub, it said makeup game. I was like, oh, must be a makeup. But um, yeah, I don't know. Long winded answer for you. But uh, yeah. So, Chris, what I noticed when I wrote the recap, I came out mm-hmm. of my writing, reti- my writing pre-game recap requirement, wrote the recap for the uh, last game. Mm-hmm. So looking back in the series, when you look at like possession numbers and shot attempts and all that, Devils lost those battles in almost all four of these games, which is noteworthy because we've seen for so much this year devils always come on top uh, come out on top on terms of shot attempts and all those underlying stats and lose the game this was a first stretch of games this season where they not necessarily the better team in terms of possession numbers and shot attempts and then shots and all that stuff but they were finding ways to win and yeah. it was because of good goaltending especially in the fourth game blackwood played out of his mind solid special teams and the ability to finish your chances. That was scoring a ton of goals. And thanks, Philadelphia goaltending. But it's amazing what happens when everything's firing on all cylinders, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice little stretch for the Devils. And during tonight's game against Boston, the Devils sit at 17. 17, 27, and 7, 41 points in 51 games. Um, we'll get to the where they stand in the draft lottery slots. They're at fourth right now. We'll talk more about that later. But anything to talk about um, this stretch of four games before we move on here, talk about what the end of the season is going to look like? Uh, I was ecstatic when I updated the game where we broke the streak. So <laughs> Good. I, I was very happy as well. Yes. I was like, oh, my goodness, we did it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, good stuff. All right, move on. So, like I said, and we're, we're at the end of the season, folks. Um, Devils have played 51 games. As we know, this year's only a 58-game schedule, so they've got seven left. Two against Boston, two against the Islanders, and one against Philly. They play the Boston tonight at home, Monday night, tonight. Boston on the 4th. It's a back. It's a double, what do you call those, back-to-back, double-header type deals? Yeah, just back-to-back. Um, also home against Boston. Then they're that 5-4 game is the last game this season at the Rock. And then they're on the road on Long Island. Is that how you say it, too, I hope? 
Like, yes. you know how people yep. have a debate, is in Long Island, it's, on Long Island? It's, it's on Long Island. On. Like, it's an island, so yeah. you're on it. Yeah, it's on like the back island. back home, where I grew up, Long Beach Island, you're on the island. Or at the island. Yeah. You're at on. You're, 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 yeah. On or at, not in. It, it's on, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're on Long Island, 5, 6, and 5, 8, and then they come to my current home, Philadelphia, and play the Flyers. I'll be in attendance, like, like I said. Row 1, section 222A. You know, if you want to come say hello. <laughs> you, you ask but, Flyers um, fans to come say hello to you? <laughs> no Flyers fans listen to our podcast. Come on now. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Yeah. So, I know, did we talk about this last episode? Like, what do you want to see out of the Devils, right? Didn't we talk about this? We did, yeah. You, 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 say you ruined it for me because you said besides win, and I was like, dang. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, you said just win, right? Well, they accomplished that. They won three out of four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to see the, the young talent continue to develop since they were getting called up and stuff like that. Um, that was Kevin the main Ball? thing for me. Uh, Kevin Ball was not called up yet, but we had guys like Foot and stuff like that that were – up and starting to produce and i just want to see them you know whoever they called up whoever was already there whoever was going to be called up you know be able to perform and grow so yeah so nolan foot stacked down in binghamton the whole thing there for those wondering is they don't want to burn a year of his elc and i believe this year prorated it's like six games you could get without burning a year off of the contract so that's what's going on there um kevin balls with the team currently uh, he's in the lineup again tonight yeah so uh that's that um uh, yeah for me like i said mckenzie blackwood to play well he played very well last game out we are getting scott wedgwood the scott wedgwood roller coaster tonight so we'll see how that goes um uh, but yeah nice nice end to the season here hopefully they could uh could uh, keep it going and i don't want to hear it. people on twitter and facebook being mad devils are winning games stop with the tank yeah no tanking in these parts we yeah. are anti-tank podcast it's, that don't exist yeah, yeah I'm, I'm over losing i, I want to make the playoffs for once even though that's yeah, not gonna happen this year but i think it's a little even late that's for that not gonna happen year, i still don't want to lose anymore it sucks <laughs> yeah it's not great so all right anything else you want to add end the season schedule any of that fun stuff before we move on to the uh, TBD segment. I I wish we were playing teams like Boston and Philly the rest of the way. <laughs> we're playing Boston twice, the Islanders twice, and Philly once. So. so I get a partial. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, division standings, how we're looking, playoff race. We got three teams clinched in the central. Chris, where are the teams? Off the top of your head. Carolina, Tampa, yes. and Florida. Yes. Yes. Very above and beyond the best three teams. Good for <laughs> Florida. I'm happy for Florida. Yes. A lot of good players yeah. on that team. Good for them. Big fan of that team. Good for them. Um, and then the last spot is actually the closest race, I believe. Yeah. Closest race, I think, out of any race. Is this Nashville in the postseason and coming down? It is Nashville and Dallas. Dallas has been playing really good hockey as a late uh, where are they last 10? 6-3-1. Nashville's also 6-3-1. Nashville is 58 points, but they have one game in hand. Or how does that saying go? Is that, is that correct? Yep, they have one more correct. game played than Dallas. So 58 points, no, 55 then, points. Yeah, if they have one more game played, then Dallas has a game in it hand. has a game in hand. Yeah. All right, that's how it goes. Um, doesn't the tie break if the tie come down to – is it row? I think it. I think it is. Regulation I think it's regulation, wins. and then um, 
is it regulation wins or regulation and overtime wins? I think it's row. I, I yeah, yeah, it, it's row. Well, anyway, it, it Nashville's going to have the advantage stuff, yeah. there. Yeah, Nashville's going to have the advantage there. Dallas has thirteen overtime losses this year. Thirteen. That's absurd. Uh, you don't even see that in an eighty-two a, game season. It's not a good omen. It's a bad omen. No, that's like that's um, that's missing the playoffs by like a point or two, kind of thing. Yeah, which might happen to them. Yeah. So between Nashville and Dallas, I, I don't know. It's going to be a close race. I would like. Oh, big news for Dallas! I got Tyler Sagan back. Yes. To activate it. Yep. I saw that today. Um, big news there. It, but yeah. I think I want to, I, I'd rather see Dallas get in than Nashville. Nothing against Heinze. I just like Dallas more, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I, mean, I don't really have preference. They, they made a run last year, so who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving over to the West, this one's eh, – this one's nah, – it's not close. Uh, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota are clinched. Then it's between St. Louis and San Jose, but St. Louis only has 49 games played, and they have to 53 points. The Yotes had 52 games played, and they have 50 points. Something crazy would have to happen for the Yotes to get in. But, um, yeah, I think your top four is pretty much set here. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, North Division, wow, not a lot of people have clinched in this division yet, and I'm guessing it's because the whole COVID thing they had to deal with. Probably, yeah. Technically, look at that. Ottawa has more points than Vancouver. <laughs> but it's just because the game's played, the shrepsency. Yeah. Anyway, Toronto is locked in, and then you have Edmonton and Winnipeg, 62 points, 57 points. I'm sure they'll be clinching any day. And Montreal sitting at 55. I don't see this changing at all. Calgary has 47 points and Montreal's 55 and they're even right now in games played. Unless something crazy happens, I don't see Calgary catching them. So I think the top four is going to be Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal. I agree. Yeah, I don't see it changing. So, and then your last, the East. Uh, top three are clinched. The Islanders clinched, so that pipe dream of not. Um, so then the East is set. Yeah, Boston's not technically clinched, though, for whatever reason. But hmm. great, maybe they could do it tonight against the Devils. But, um, <laughs> they have 66 points, and the Rangers have 58. But Boston has two games in hand on the Rangers, so I don't know what's going on there. But, um, yeah, it's it sounds be like something where like the Rangers would need to win out and Boston yeah, would lose like, every game the rest of the yeah, way. Boston's magic number, is that like a baseball thing or whatever? It's yeah. probably like an overtime loss, <laughs> like one point or a Rangers yeah. <laughs> overtime loss or something stupid like that yeah um do you know the islanders are 23 and 3 at home this year because i didn't that's interesting because have they that's been absurd they've been playing i think they're playing at nassau i was gonna say yeah have they been playing out of nassau yeah i'm pretty sure they're playing at nassau so. yeah good for them i mean the, i know the i don't like ice the quality was never great out at barclays so so we're looking at these East teams now, right? Mm-hmm. And these are all the Devils rivals, I would say. Most of them. Uh, yep. Is there any other Devils rivals in any divisions? Um, Maybe Carolina and like the eh. Central, if you're still holding the grudge. Oh yeah, I mean, back then that was like before just, my time. It, it was just they were more of a pain in the playoffs. Like we just had so many years where Carolina was the team that eliminated us. Yeah, that so was, was more like 2005 to sixes area. It was like it, two, was? it happened in 2002 as well. I think we yeah, got eliminated. I see. That was and then was 05 06 was the whole like two goals and like the final couple minutes of game seven or whatever. Oh five, oh six. I was eight years old, so I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, Carolina was so. a thorn in our side in the past. So, anyway, 
my whole point is I want you to rank the East teams by most despised to least despised. We have seven teams. So you want to start at seven and go on up. So your least despised team in this division, who is it? The team that I dislike the least. Yeah, the least. Yeah, not the most, the least uh, out of all these teams. For me, it's going to be the Sabres. I think I'm going to go Washington just because I'm a big OV guy. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. I just don't like Buffalo because it's the Buffalo, the city. Yeah, well, you're also uh, a Miami fan for football. Yeah. so. I guess next I'll go. This was probably not – people are probably not going to be happy about this. I'll go – now I'll go – you go, actually. I got to think about it some more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Washington as well. I, I'm, okay. I'm not a Washington hater. TJ Oshie's one of my favorite players. So You know what? I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Uh, all right. I don't all mind right. Pittsburgh. They, they're they're always good, which is a pain. Like, when they were on that stretch, they won back-to-back, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like that, I wasn't too big of a fan of. But I just really don't like the city of Buffalo. Buffalo's next for me. So I got um, Washington, Pittsburgh, then Buffalo. So for me, the next team would probably be between two teams right now: Boston um, and Wa- or Boston and Pittsburgh. Close. Is that your two teams? Close. The um, Islanders and Boston. Yep, those are the two on between. Um, I'm I'm gonna put the uh, the Islanders as as okay. the you know third team from the bottom. This team is I dislike. They just they haven't for the longest time they haven't been relevant and you know I don't mind seeing them be a little bit successful. They don't really you know bother me as much as some of the other teams do. So. See, my thing there is the Islanders fans are acting like they have been relevant. And they think they're like, you know, it's kind of like the Buffalo Bills fans. Like, they were so bad for such a long time, and then they've been good for two years, and they think like, oh, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure we're going to act like we're the greatest thing since sliced bread once the devils finally turn around, whatever that is. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, All right. So what? We've said four now. Right. Uh, I have Buffalo, Washington, and the Islanders. I think we've done three. Okay. So go ahead. Give me your fourth. Uh, next team is going to be Boston for me. All right. So I have Washington, then Pittsburgh, then Buffalo, then I'll go Boston as well. Um, and then my fifth from the bottom will be – so who I got left? The Islanders, Rangers, and Flyers, right? Yeah, so I'll go to Islanders next, and then that just leaves me Rangers and Flyers. Who you got left? For me, I have Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and Flyers. <laughs> so I'm guessing Pittsburgh's next yes, for you? Yes, Pittsburgh will be next for me. <laughs> okay, and then, yeah, I'm going to go Rangers and Flyers. Flyers are my most despised team. I think we've talked about this yeah, many times on this episode before. I'll have it flip-flopped. I'll have yeah. the Rangers on top, Flyers second. And that's just to do with where we were yeah, from when, in New I, Jersey. I know you're we had to down- be around. Yeah, I know you were down in Florida for a while, and now you're in Texas. Yeah. Where in Jersey are you from again? Uh, North Jersey, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was up by uh, North Jersey, correctly. right where like um, 287 and 78 like met the interstates and stuff. Probably like okay. 30, 45 minutes outside of New York City by car. Gotcha. So, a lot of Rangers fans growing up. So. Not yeah, as many Philly fans. Opposite. Well, where I am in South Jersey, hockey was like not a thing down there. Like people just 
wasn't it wasn't a lot of hockey i guess when there was it was flyers and rangers um just living in philly now going to temple and stuff and living like center city just flyers or just don't like them <laughs> so yeah. anyway um yeah kind of got off the rails there but i think that was a fun conversation uh that's your playoff picture for you we'll move to the uh the, the opposite, the non-playoff picture, bottom-the-barrel lottery picture. <laughs> so Buffalo's locked in at one. That ain't changing anytime soon. So Buffalo has the best odds. Then you have a battle between Anaheim, the Devils, Columbus, and then probably Detroit, maybe Ottawa. But it's it's mainly like – so it's Buffalo and then Anaheim right now. Anaheim has 39 points. The Devils have 41 and if I'm looking at this correctly, sorry, mm-hmm. Anaheim has four games left and Devils have five. So it looks like if I'm predicting this right, I think we're going to see Anaheim lock in that two spot. So go Buffalo, Anaheim, Seattle, and then New Jersey. So that should be your top four, unless the Devils ride this hot streak out and they pass Columbus, who has been playing dreadful hockey recently. Because Columbus is sitting at five right now, 43 points. And uh, Columbus has... Oh, they have seven games left. Or four games, I'm sorry. So yeah, there's a shot that the Devils might leap over Columbus too. Which isn't a bad thing, per se. No. I mean, at this point, I'm accepting fate. Wherever we fall, we fall. You know? Yeah, and the way it is this year, um, this would be a perfect year for the Devils to win the lottery. Is like there's no, like the number one overall pick. Not that there's not a consensus, but it's like a weaker number one overall pick than like the Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid type yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I think the Devils are going to settle in at four or five at the end of the day, which is fine. That's still. If you want to go D-man, you're going to see one of Owen Power, Luke Hughes, Brant Clark, most likely, unless it goes defenseman, 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 defenseman. Um, Maybe a Matthew Beneers, but he'll probably be the first um, forward off the board, so that's unlikely. William Eklund, Dylan Gunther, also up there. But, uh, yeah, that's your uh, lottery picture for you. So while we're on the topic, I know, Chris, you might have asked me about this last week about mm-hmm. like what the actual changes were they made to the lottery. I pulled it up just so we could have a refresher here. So the 2021 NHL draft lottery would be reduced from three drawings to two. So that means they're only picking the top two, right? Mm-hmm. So usually in years past, it'd be one, two, and three. And then you could drop up to three spots. I'm pretty sure you could only drop two spots now. Am I interpreting those rules correctly? I believe so, yes. The most you can drop is two spots. Okay. That's getting implemented this year. I believe so, yeah, because I'm looking at, like, percentages on Tankathon, and -hmm. they only do, like, the two spots down. Or actually, no, they're doing three spots down, it looks like. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure it kicks in though this year. The it whole, is. You can it only does move kick down in. The rule that kicks in this year is um, that 2021 NHL draft lottery reduced from three drawings to two as part of the changes announced Tuesday. So I'm pretty sure you can only drop two spots instead of three now. Yeah, and then next season it'll be like you can only yes. move up a certain amount of spots. 
Teams will be restricted from moving up more than 10 spots. That starts the 2022 draft lottery. Teams cannot win the lottery more than twice in a five-year period. Wins in the lottery prior to 2022 will not be counted towards this total. So if the Devils so were able to win the lottery this year, um, that that doesn't have any implications to that new twice-in-five-year period rule. Yeah, it's a clean slate. Now, rereading the first rule and seeing – what this 2022 rule is i think that's i stated that incorrectly i think you'd still move up and down to two spots i think they're just drawing Mm -hmm. i don't know we gotta get clarification on that so i'll look up real quick (laughs) yeah if if you could find it that'd be great if not it's not a big deal um the last part of this segment we're going to talk about is basically we want to go through kind of like what the devil's scoring looked like this year and how things are shaping up because it's an interesting picture. It's not what people thought it was going to look like <laughs> before the season started. That's for sure. Um, Pablo Zaka is your points later right now. He's 31 points and 45 games played. That would be like a 50 something point pace, which would be by far his highest in his career. Pavel Zaka is actually only um, two points away from setting a career high. It'll be interesting to see if he gets that. And he'll be doing so in 20 less games. So that's good for him. And the thing with Pavel Zaka this year is for you all that has noticed, his, a lot of his play has been at um, the wing. When in most years, he's been at center. When he's been on the wing, his play's been a lot better when he's been playing down the center. So uh, we'll see if the Devils notice that and keep him at the wing going forward. He is having a good year on the dot, though. 52% face-off. I believe his best percentage is a Devil. So Jack Hughes is second in scoring. Should have a lot more points than he does, though. Um, mm. Wasn't didn't Jack Hughes have zero penalty minutes at one point, like not too long ago? Uh, I mean, I remember, remember he he got put in the box for something, and he was very animated about it. It was the first time I'd ever seen like Hughes uh, <laughs> getting mad at, at an official. You know, um, I can't oh, yeah. I can't remember what the call it was. was. It was like a questionable one. So, because his. Penalty minutes is 14 this year. I'm like, what? Yeah. So he got his first two penalty minutes in game number 42, and then he had a game with no penalty minutes, and then against the Rangers is when he threw that tantrum, and he picked up 10 and then two. So that added 12 to his total. That's why he was 14. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at us all confused. But anyway, he was only was 29 and 51. As we all know, that should be a lot higher, and I'm sure you'll see that number explode next year. Mr. Igor Sharangovich. The rookie is number three in scoring this year. Um, 15 goals. When you take that out to an 82-game pace, I believe that's around 25. Mm. I mean, uh, I could be doing my math wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's around 25. There was talk about, will he get to 20 this year? I mean, five goals in however many games left they have. I think it's unlikely, but it's something to monitor going forward. <laughs> yeah. Just for Brat is at 28 points and 22 games, or I'm sorry, 28 points and 41 games played. He's at a 60-point pace this year, which is tremendous. One of the more underrated players in the NHL, and his shooting percentage is only 8% this year, so that's bound to regress to the better. Um, yeah, I mean, great season for Jesper. Miles Woods doing Miles Wood thing, your team goal scoring leader. 
17 goals. I believe that's close to a 30-goal pace over 82-game season. <laughs> Just Miles Wood yeah. shocking you every year. Uh, Yanni Kokinen, 24 points, 45 games played. It's a good total there for a rookie. Ty Smith, I mean, we'll... I don't want to go through everyone, but Ty Smith, what I noticed here, his shooting percentage this year, you want to guess what his shooting percentage is this year? Shooting percentage is like the amount of his shots that end up in goals. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would be shooting percentage. Okay. I'm just making sure. Um, I'm going to guess 15%. Oh, no, it's 2%. Oh, okay. Yeah, so usually the league average is around... 12, I would say, is league average. He's at 2%. Usually for defensemen, that's much lower because yeah. they're taking a lot less opportune shots. But for an offensive defenseman like Ty, I would assume that number get up to around 5 or something. So he should definitely have more goals than he does. He only has 2 this year. I mean, Expect correct me if I'm wrong, but up. I don't think he's jumping up in the play like too much like a normal offensive defenseman would. I, I feel he's like he's not. been more cautious about it this season, yeah, focusing on defense he, first. Yeah, um, he, he's not more so, but all the power play time and stuff he's yeah. got, and I expect him to have more than two goals, and the shooting percentage indicates he should have more than two goals. But anyway, so did you ever find out um, a question about the the lottery? Yeah, I just saw the same thing you did, that they reduced it to uh, two picks instead so of three. I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that um, I'm, I'm almost certain that means that I mean, I'll just run the lottery real quick on the tankathon. I mean, there you go. Let us know. Yeah, there's we'll, uh, there's Los podcasting. Angeles jumping up seven spots to number two. So, well, I meant like drop back. The match you could drop back is two. So, yes, yeah, that is that is what happened because I just okay, did another cool. lottery and somehow Chicago only... and Philly move up twelve spots in this one, and everyone else moves down two. Yeah, so. so that's the new rule that's going in effect this year. When I said they're only pulling like two teams out of the lottery, they're pulling number one and number two. So that means everyone else could only move down two, but they could jump up. Still this year, you could jump up 15 spots. Yes. If you wanted to, but that'll be limited in the coming years. So, um, but yeah. I, I, so kind of jumping all over the place here. The scoring I was just going over. Anything caught your eye, impressed you, a little disappointed about? Uh, impressed with uh, Jesper Bratt, especially with uh, what happened in the beginning of the season, getting him you know, over here, getting his visa issues sorted out, all that stuff, contract. So good to see him put together a season he, he did. Yeah, um, definitely. Of course, you know, uh, Anders Janssen's total is not too pretty. That has a lot to do with just bad luck. The shooting percentage this year, I think, is like 5%. So that's just mm-hmm. not sustainable in a good way. It's not sustainable. Um, if he's not taken by Seattle, I'm sure we'll see that scoring production go up a lot more next year. But we shall see. Alrighty. Anything else before I spew on about a quick Binghamton Devils update before we end our on out? No, go for it. You are good. Binghamton Devils. They are 6-15-5-2 this year. I believe that's still the worst in their division. I don't know if it's the worst in the AHL, but it's not good, certainly. They did win their last game against Lehigh Valley, which was good to see. Um, Graham Clark is a revelation down there. He has He's almost been a point-per-game player over his last, I believe, 10 or 9 games or whatever it is. The Devils really found something in him. I'm excited to see his continued development. Fabian Zetterlund is another guy that's been developing, ni- developing nicely down there. 
He has 17 points in 28 games played this year. The point total has been better as of late. He racked up three assists in the Devils' most recent victory. Another guy that not a lot of people are going to remember the name, Mason Jopst, or Jopst, however you pronounce his last name. He was another player acquired in the Kyle Palmieri, Travis Ajak deal. He had two goals and two assists. He was a part of every single goal the Devils scored in the victory against Lehigh Valley. So he had four points in that game. And then just a game or two prior to that, he had two goals. Mm -hmm. So he's on a hot stretch. He got six points in three games for that kid. I mean, he's a UFA after this year, so I don't know if they'd bring him back or what, but he's been playing really darn good hockey there for the past few games, so that's good to see. As we know, Lynn Greer is getting rewarded for his good play as he's going to be in the uh, in the NHL in a devil sweater tonight. Um, the, the, not funny, but the, the wild thing that's been going on down there is the Devils are so banged up defensively. Josh Jacobs, my boy, um, where's the other one? Your boy, Vucevic. Uh, the one I can't say the last name correct. Apparently, yeah. Vucevic, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's banged up. Colton White's banged up. The last, it wasn't the last one, but two games ago, the Devils had to have uh, AJ Greer. I've been saying AJ Greer. Correct this episode? Yes. Because sometimes I'll say Lynn Greer, and Lynn Greer is an ex-Temple basketball player, and his son was a Temple basketball recruit. So sometimes I'll say Lynn instead of AJ. It's AJ. Yeah. AJ Greer and Ben Thompson both had to play defense for the Binghamton Devils for them to have enough defensemen at one point because injuries and call-offs, which is wild. So that was something that was going on down there. Just a really weird year down in Binghamton. Not a good one. Mm-hmm. Still seeing some Devils prospects play and, and then progress to an extent. So that's good to see at least. So, but That's all I got for you, Chris. Did, you, uh, did we go over Mr. Holt scoring his first goal in uh, Binghamton? Thank you for reminding me. So... Like Chris said, Mr. Holt's got his first career, not professional goal, first career American professional goal, AHL goal, because he did play in the SHL, which is a pro hockey league, and he had goals there. It was a power play slap shot into a pretty open net. Very nice looking shot. I'm assuming you'll see a lot more out of that, uh, of those in the NHL, as well as the AHL. He has, I think, only one point in his three or four games played. Overall, the man's putting up five shots a night. Um, I would like to see him kind of not aim a shot better, but convert on him more because his shooting percentage, you want to talk about shooting percentage. I'm sure his shooting percentage is one goal, probably like 15 shots. So that's like 6%, 5% or whatever. Like I said, the average is around 11, 12. So I'll regress up. But um, yeah, he, he's looked pretty good down there. No complaints from me, um, which is good to see. So, Boom. Now I think that's all I have for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think Holt scored before our last episode, so we definitely need no, to talk about did. it on there. He scored the night of the episode, I believe, or something like that. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I have the Devils pregame on in the background here, and they're showing Kevin Ball. They're talking about him in the pregame. It's 
it's funny because I think people have built in their minds since Kevin Ball's six foot seven and the Devils haven't had a big defenseman and people get carried away and think defense is only hits and blocks and big guys that people are automatically penciling him. Oh, he's looked great his first two games. He's going to be a stud for the Devils. I just want to warn people not get carried away too quickly. Kid's only 20 years old. He's had a rough season in Binghamton. He looked good in his first NHL game. Wasn't too hot in his second game. Did get his first career assist, which is nice. But just want to put a little uh, disclaimer out there to let let the kid play and and develop before we go ahead and start. Uh, mm-hmm. You see some crazy stuff out there on the socials. Just 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 wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, I think that's all I got. Chris, we got the off season coming up. Coming quickly, we got playoffs. I'm sure we'll have playoff prediction episodes coming out. We'll start our off-season stuff. I'm really going to want to try to start cranking down and uh, write my uh, profiles. I wrote 31 profiles, I think, last year. I'll hopefully do something similar to that this year. I'm hoping. I'm not as busy. Um, but, yeah, got a lot of stuff on the docket coming up here, Chris. Yeah, and, I mean, we also got uh, draft lottery, expansion draft, whole bunch of big, stuff big off season yeah big off season so all right chris any any last words for this episode let's go devils baby yes sir let's make it four in a row tonight let's you hear that it. you hear that tankers out there we don't tank on this episode we're an anti-tanker anti-damon sievers david sieverson slander podcast absolutely not yes so All right, everyone stay safe out there, and we'll hopefully talk to you guys sometime next week.